Hey, everyone, this is Goldilocks, and you are listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits, and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And today, me and Jimmy across the street got a really cool guest. I'm going to tell you how cool she is. I'm not going to tell you right this second, but Jimmy, how are you today? Man, I'm doing good, brother. You know, we've we've had our birthdays. Your birthday just happened. Mine was a week ago. You know, blessed men, both of us were blessed, bald men. (laughs) (laughs) I won't go any further with that. But anyway, (laughs) we both had great birthdays. We both had great holidays. You know, Christmas is coming up. Pro Wrestling Tees Live and in Color with Wolfie D. All your family needs a good Live and in Color with Wolfie D t-shirt, PG-13. We got them. But anyway... Yeah, man. What's cool today is we have our, what, 72 episodes in, and and it's all been one set of chromosomes. <laughs> I know. And you know some amazing, you know, talented women in the business, and this is one of the best because you guys have a cool history at TNA, at TNA Originals. You know, you all were there at the start, but she's so cool, man, because also, you know, dude, I'm a musician. Obviously, the whole mid-Atlantic guy likes music, you know, whatever. But <laughs> long story short, I'm really into her music, dude. She's great. Yes, absolutely. I was actually just listening to some of it. Uh, before we started this, um, I've heard it before. I've seen it. Not, I haven't seen her live, uh, but I've, you know, YouTube and stuff like that. Yeah, man, rocks it, dude. She totally rocks it. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, she really does. She's, she's like a, legit. Yeah, pro at it, seasoned. You know, she's and you and can tell. You can tell. All that good stuff, man. Oh, totally, totally. And I, the one thing that I will say about her is, you know, we, my wife and I, we saw her on this extreme cheapskate show, and she is a pro. I mean, you yeah. can tell in the way that she maintains herself. You know, they're, the yeah. guy that she's on the show with is kind of like a Fruit Loop, like some kind of guy <laughs> that like takes a shower in the streets. And then <laughs> she actually made like a legitimate reasoning to be an extreme cheapskate, as they call it. You know, yeah. the guy she was on the show with is like, I don't want to take a shower at a spigot on the street and eat <laughs> lettuce and all this stuff. I, I That's crazy. <laughs> but she yeah. actually was like, hey, I'm paying the band this. And, you know, it was very talented very professional so it was cool to see that yes so let's do this on today's episode let's don't bullshit no more let's jump start it as we say in the rest of the business let's let's hit the ring hot let's yeah go ahead and break and then get goldie on here yeah because the three bears and goldie anyway you know what's up we'll be right <laughs> back after these messages hey folks to get your official live and in color with wolfie d merchandise go to pro forward slash live wolfie d check it out If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, guys, we're back. And as promised, uh, we have a guest again today. Um, 
This chick is so cool, Jimmy. Let me explain to you how cool this girl is. She was cool the day she was born, Jimmy. And let me tell you why that is. Let me tell you why. Okay. Her parents named her Moonshadow. Moonshadow, Jimmy. I want to be named Moonshadow. I I have a decently cool name, and I want to be Moonshadow. Yeah. And that's just... That's cool right off the bat. You're either going to have superpowers or you're going to become like a, a heavy metal chick, which she's done that too, and wrestled and everything else. Cool like the water in a swimming pool, Goldie. Goldie Locks, how you doing? I'm doing great, and what an honor it is to be on this. I, I literally re, uh, rearranged like my whole week and day and everything just to to do this. You were so kind to come on my podcast when I needed you, and I, I just appreciate it and was just thinking how how blessed uh, I am and we are to just have such a cool freaking community of people to call on when we need a favor or we need somebody's help or to cross yeah. promote or whatever. I just, I think that's the true gift in all of entertainment, sports, entertainment, sports is just like the the relationships that, that develop over time. I'm, I'm really, really blessed for that and grateful to be here. Thank you. Oh man, we're glad to have you. And I'm, I'm going to have my biggest, well, actually to be me and Jimmy together, have our biggest Beavis and Butthead moment right now, because that's what I feel like after over a year and a half of doing this podcast, once a week, you were the first female on this show. Wow. (laughs) It's like, uh, hey, baby. (laughs) That's my best Butthead person. I was at dinner last night and this black dude was sitting at the end of the table, big, big, rough and tough black dude from Philly and I guess it was cold because he pulled up his hood on his hoodie he's a rapping guy and uh, I won't name any names anyway and I just looked at him and I said you really look like Corn Julio and he's like what and I said you look like Corn Julio and like, he was like really offended and then somebody else was like my uncle and like I don't think he still got it <laughs> yes yes probably not, oh my God, probably that's not. which makes it even better that he did yeah right <laughs> That's amazing. Again, let me go back to this cool thing. I did not know this part. Now, we'll get into the TNA and we'll get into okay. all that stuff. But the, here's the one that I didn't know. And I, I'm going to actually watch some of it. But you were so cool that you've been hunted, tracked, and chased in the woods in the dark, not just by anybody. But by Ted Nugent, yeah. Thinking, man, I get, I'm, I'm, I love survival shows. Alone, naked and afraid, all that stuff. And I'm always like, no, I, I get caught. You know, Ted Nugent chasing me. I wouldn't even make it to him. His big fat brother, Fig Nugent, would probably catch me. So <laughs> I just don't think I could go on something like that. But man, that's awesome. Tell me about it. You know, I found out that I got it and was so excited and they started to build the show around like a wrestling rocker chick, right? They built it around me and I was, I was super pumped. And then right before I was getting scheduled to fly out, I got pneumonia like bad. I couldn't even breathe. It was so bad. And I, I didn't want to tell the producers because I didn't want to, you know how it is in wrestling bros. You don't want to lose your spot, you know? So I finally... I was in the hospital. I was so sick. I got out and I just said, you guys, I just got out of the hospital and there's no way that I could do this show. And the producer just said, you're going to do the fucking show and we're going to take care of you. And I didn't know what that meant. We're going to take care of you and just come. And I just remember flying with pneumonia, feeling like, like I was, I was dying. And then when I got there, it was really interesting. It wasn't what I expected. 
um, the cast of people were just freaking uh, duds. Like you could have more fun literally watching paint dry right. on a wall. And I was, I was worried right off the get go. And I was formulating angles in my mind of things that I could do off camera or how I could encryptedly send messages to some of the other, uh, you know, team members to just spice things up because I was afraid it was so boring. It would never air. This gets the story right. gets better though. You guys, this gets better. <laughs> All right. So, uh, we start doing our bits and everything like that. Um, we got to the maggot challenge where we hadn't eaten for a while. And the only thing that we were allowed to eat was maggots. And then mm-hmm. whoever won the challenge got to cook the maggots. And I just remember we were all sitting around this, campfire and like they were trying to get stuff going with the, all of us and like oh this one mother like they kept saying <laughs> do not talk about anything personal do not talk about anything personal it just uh-huh. game only game only i mean do you guys get that memo nothing yeah. personal right <laughs> yeah, every yeah. time we're in some van they're gonna dump us off some this guy's just like so goldie uh what's your what's your real name and uh do you have any kids and where are you from and i'm like bro jeez I said, I'm going to knock the shit out of you if you ask me <laughs> one more personal question. And like the producer would like look up whoever was driving us in the in the mirror. Well, one day I was one second away from just bopping this bebop in the head because he kept asking me personal questions. Only this time the guy in the rearview mirror that was driving us kind of like had a little twinkle in his eye. Right. And I'm like, who is this mother? And yeah. uh we get to the thing. We're around the campfire. Fast forward to the maggots. And I'm like, oh, my God, you guys, I'm falling asleep. This is so <laughs> effing boring. Nobody's going to watch this shit, you guys. You're so boring. And all of a sudden, it was like the smoke from the fire dissipated. And the uh-huh. heavens opened. And it was like, oh. And this... Beautiful man walks through the smoke, wafting on its side, and he comes forward and he's like, "She's right. It's boring as hell. We've got to spice it up." And I was like, "Oh my god, are you Eric Bischoff?" And he was like, "I am. I am Eric Bischoff." And I'm like, "Holy shit! This is a Bischoff production, you know." And then the guy that was driving us around was his, was was Garrett, you know, his uh, son. And oh so, my god. so then. It just went downhill from there. Like Ted Nugent, <laughs> a really interesting guy. That whole yeah. show, really interesting. What was uh, his, like? Uh, like a little deeper impression of Ted. What, what do you think about him? Ted likes women. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a rock and roller. I've <laughs> for Ted Nugent in many cities, many times, and all yeah. I remember was being backstage. Uh, at a certain venue and like his wife was there and it was like bloody murder went down because Mm -hmm. she found out like right then and there she's like you have another one well apparently (laughs) got another kid coming forward at the box office that was saying i want comps ted nugent's my dad oh my god I thought you was going to a direction of another woman. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. But I mean, no, I mean, another woman. No, just another kid from another woman at another time. Like, I guess this dude didn't know what a rubber was to save his ass. <laughs> like, I mean, he'd already had, like, I don't know, a dozen kids on his task force. Like, that was on, you know, payroll for, yeah. you know, helping out with gear and this and that. I mean, good for him. He honored his family. But, like... I don't know how many kids that man has and how many, but yeah, she was hot. 
she was hot. <laughs> hot. So, yeah, that's my impression. Um, he was very cool on the show, very nice mm-hmm. to me. They did take wink, wink. They took care of me as they do in reality TV a lot. Um, yeah. And at the end of it, with all of the taking care of that they did, I ended up being chased down a hole by Ted Nugent and broke two yeah. ribs. So yeah, now, now, now I have pneumonia and two broken ribs and somebody's gun backfired and the gun dust, the the smoke, what do you call that shit? The residue kicked into my yeah, yeah. So temporary blinded for t- 20 minutes till the doctor paramedics <laughs> got there. Oh, it was such a deal. So, yeah. See, I knew it. I knew it. The whole, you survived that with some sort of superpower because your name yeah. is fucking Moonshadow. <laughs> that was That's what it exactly took. how you survived you that. You guys shit. are cute as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, I don't want you to feel left out, man. What do you got for gold? Okay. So, if we're talking reality TV, and I, I don't, I, I want to talk wrestling, and that's definitely what we're going to do here. Of course. But so, my wife and I, we rarely ever click on TV shows. When we sit down and we watch something, it's like, okay, somebody's going to be taking one for the team in a sense. So I think I'm up doing some stuff and my wife, she's looking through some TV channels and she's like, okay, this is cool. And it was the extreme cheapskates because TLC's in her main window there. So, you know, the cool thing I thought was, of course, I saw that you were in Nashville, which that's where I lived for a long time and met Wolfie. But tell me, I guess... The TLC manner of things versus the Ted Nugent, Eric Bischoff style of things. How could they be different or are they very similar in the same way? Wow, that's a that's a great question. Everybody's going to have to tune in to find the answer for this one. <laughs> and click. That's another soundbite for you. Promo. Uh, super, super, super different. Um, it really matters what kind of production team that you have and the production team that I had for, well, I did, I did cheapskates with an American team, which okay. was very, very similar to uh, Ted Nugent. And then call on the cheapskates was a British team and they are so much different than Americans in so many ways. So professional, so yeah. caring, so no bullshit, so dotting your I's and crossing your T's, and they really make you feel on an overall that they've got your back, where Americans are just like, I mean, I, I'm an American, so I can talk some shit, but like, <laughs> they're just so much about covering their ass and like leaving you with your ding-dong, ding a doo in your hand or up your own ass, like just wondering like, where am I? And what very much like early TNA <laughs> wild, wild, what, bro? Do you remember those early days where you were just like, "What in the hell is going on? Who's in this promo? Who's in this match? What's the finish? How yeah. is? Oh, wait, nope, oh, you got it down. Guess what, Wolfie? We're gonna change it all around. <laughs> you, you got all the, you got everything memorized. You think you yeah. dumb blonde bizotch, you know? And then Vince Russo <laughs> or Jeff or Jerry would come stumbling in and comment about my titties and then say something about, you know, we're going to change it all around. That's how they do. The Americans do it. The British are so caring and so kind. At least this particular production house was just on, on their smack on it. That's a huge difference to me. And something that the more comfortable you feel, the more confident I feel like I deliver a better performance, but let's go Russo. Let's go Russo's uh, mentality on things. Psychology is, I know that they stirred a lot of crap with me 
especially with Eric Watts, with Georgie Watts, on, on purpose to get mm-hmm. a very authentic, terrified response. Do you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying with that? Totally, yeah. totally, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And and to be fair, Jerry Jarrett has stumbled in and commented on my tits before too. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, special or anything. Those are very nice, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> So okay, let me before we go for that. But now you live in an old Hickory hospital. Are you? St- I'm not. I'm sorry. Wow, that, you guys did your research. You're precious. Thank you for that. Is it haunted though? It is. I had to know. Yeah, I had to know. Yes, yes, yes. It is. And we keep that. We keep it on the little bit on the DL. And I've had a couple people over, and you know, doing the Jimmy Jim Jam, swim swam. Yeah. And- pretty calm now yeah. and it's pretty positive energy and I've, I've really asked anything that isn't positive or of the light um, when when blessings are being done to just exit stage left and find where you need to be because you're not welcome here and with the exception not that she was bad but I always say to my mom like if you're here anywhere you are always like not even allowed to stay but expected to stay like I, I know my mom's hanging around here and I think my grandmother is I don't know this is a real real conduit for activity I'll just say that I I don't do any I, you know I don't do a lot of talking about it I'll do it here but like people want to yeah. come film shows here and then I'm like eh you know what it's cool and it's calm right now and I don't right. want to disturb the peace <laughs> I don't hate nobody yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah. there's some singers here we've got a couple of singers here that like to sing and they will be documented on not on tape because everything's digital but like you can play back and you can hear some other people singing along and then wow. yep, during some of the photo shoots, all hell breaks loose literally and the singing goes on. And I mean, enough so that the people that I'm shooting are like, what, what's going on here? And I have to kind of just say like, there's, there's other people here too. And they obviously like your shoot and they, and there's this one, uh, acapella, trio group that would come every year and get their pictures done and I'd be like all right break it down and they'd sing like a couple lines of like an old timers song like kind of Frank Sinatra sure start New York New York and oh my freaking god like the lights will go crazy and everything starts shorten out and like it's only when they were singing like I think the singers just were so excited to hear something that pure and that good that they just wanted to show like we we hear you, and there's so many stories here. It's just like it's nuts, but it's calmed That's down. Awesome. It's calmed down. I like I live here, and at night sometimes if stuff's getting a little askew, I just say, you know what, do whatever you want to do. Don't break anything. Don't hurt anything. But just let me sleep. You know. Yeah. yeah. Now I will tell you. This is such a good story. We uh, were doing we were doing uh, all to you the video all to you. Go yeah. look up all to you with Alan Funk in it, Chase Stevens and James Storm. Alan mm-hmm. Funk comes in from uh, Atlanta. We've got Myra Diaz Gomez from NWA. Uh, what do you call that? Their show, what, whatever their show is called. What's it called? Power. Power. Yeah, you got yeah. her. Uh, you got a bunch of other chicks that are hanging out, staying the night. And I gave Alan my bed and I just said, um, my bedroom downstairs. I said, I'm going to sleep upstairs. So I'm sleeping upstairs and I'm like on an air mattress. I gave everybody else the beds. And um, I think it was like 3.17 in the morning. And, you know, I woke up because the air mattress had a freaking hole. And I'm like, you know that feeling. And you're just oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm on a hard wooden floor. This is great. <laughs> so I was I was laying there and I just I felt it. Walk, plank, walk, 
plank. And I'm like, oh, hell no. I'm already <laughs> tired, man. We filmed all day and now I got to deal with this bullshit. And I felt it walk by and I heard it. And well, the next morning at breakfast, we all were at IHOP. And sure enough, one by one, everybody was like, did you like right around? Th-? And I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it's like every single person heard it, felt it, you know, like heard the feeling, the walking. So, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, I'm cool. And take away from my sleep. I need yeah. my sleep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right. There it is. I didn't, I've debunked or not debunked. I've, 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 I've made everything come to fruition. We found the superpower is that you talk to the dead. So, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they just hang out here. They talk to everybody. <laughs> That's your superpower. I got it. I, I was going to go into a, I know you know Gangrel. I don't know if you remember Steve Dahl. He's passed. And then and Luna, who was uh, Gangrel's uh, wife, she's passed. But they Steve Dahl's house used to be haunted. Everybody that stayed there used to say that. I'm not going to go into a big story, but Gangrel can tell you some good stuff of him and Luna hearing stuff and Luna going after the ghosts. I don't know if you know what type of person she was, but she would fight a ghost, I promise. Are yeah. you serious? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And I didn't know that they were actually married. I thought they were just hanging I, I, out. I could be wrong on that. I, I, I thought they were. I'm, I'm, Maybe they are. No, I mean, I just know like that was the love of his life, and it. Hurts oh, absolutely, me. absolutely. It it hurts me to see him post about her. Sometimes you can just feel like the pain. Oh, absolutely, yeah, he's a he's a great human being, man, and so is she. I mean, you see her promos and all that kind of stuff. Completely different person, man. Completely different person. Yeah. Right. She was cool. They they both. Um, I want to go on now. We're gonna we're gonna get to more wrestling, but you kind of went into some singing there. So, yes, I did look up a few things because honestly, and you know this, we kind of talked about it on your show. Is that like you really didn't know much about me, and I didn't know much about you. I just thought, okay, this is the girl that they've hired to do the, mm-hmm. the interviews, this deal, whatever. You know, yeah. I had no idea about the music and all that kind of stuff. So I I have kind of had to research the things that I don't know. And and that's what uh, about you. Another cool thing is I just you're very interesting. You do so much different stuff, and we'll let you plug all that stuff later. Ah, you're sweet. But you're just like an entrepreneur, and and just very uh, inspiring to people. I think definitely. So what I read was that you taught yourself how to uh, play these instruments by selling snacks when kids couldn't eat or some shit like that. And then the other one is that your dad taught you how to play the instruments. You, you afforded your stuff by selling snacks, but who taught you? How is that any truth to that? Yeah. My, my dad plays guitar and sings. My mom sang, um, just like, and then, you know what, bro, just Mm -hmm. went home to Minnesota like a couple of weeks ago in, um, my dad's, uh, upstairs in some ratty ass room digging through a closet looking for some costumes to wear to some gimmick party we were going to and he's like oh check this out this is from when I was in my band or whatever I'm like what? whoa what <laughs> what and he got like this sh- shit eating grin on his face and he's like oh oh yeah I was I was in a band and then and I was like, you were in a, what happened? He's like, oh, the bass player got his old lady knocked up. <laughs> just like <laughs> says every band that breaks up ever. It's always like. It's always the woman, bass player too, right? <laughs> so anyways, like, yeah, we were called scrap metal or something. I'm just like, 
I had no idea with all the shit my dad's given me about quitting college and, you know, do, pursuing music and being in a band and an artist. And, and here he was doing the same damn thing. And then he uncovers some old vintage amps that we looked up that were worth like seven, eight grand. And I'm like, all right, you're putting this online and, you know, or keep it, but just know you've got some valuable stuff here. So stop using it as a cup holder with the coffee cups on there. Yeah, the coasters. On, yeah. Dude. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the stuff was, I went to a Catholic school every Lent, they would have this gimmick where you would have to eat mush and gruel for lunch during Lent to show what it was like for kids in third world countries that didn't have any food or, you know, uh, any, any, anything good. And I'm yeah. like, all right, I get it, but you know what? This is an opportunity. So I lived in the hood in North Minneapolis, Minnesota. I lived two blocks over from drum roll, please. Um, <laughs> How do you, what the hell is Sean Waltman's gimmick name now? Is it Tupac? Oh, X Pac. I was going to say Tupac. That's all. X Pac. <laughs> I lived exactly in the same house two blocks over from X Pac. Wow. And then, yeah, then fast forward 20 years later, I would live two blocks over Avenue of the Stars, Pico in. Uh, Century City with him and Joni lived two blocks away from me again. But <laughs> rewind back to me living right over by Sean. And I lived in the hood. So they would have these circulars, like inside the newspaper, these color circulars with two-for-one coupons. You remember that growing up? You know, they had that shit. And they would have two-for-one. And then I knew if I stood outside all the hood-ass supermarkets <laughs> that I could give somebody um, $1 worth of a food. Literally, they were food stamps back then, not these right. slick, slick, yeah. you know, kayfabe credit card gimmicks that you're like, uh -huh, I'll just pay what nobody knows. Like you had to get out your sappy ass sticky stamp and like everybody would see the red scarlet letter painted on your chest that you, you're on welfare. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to trade you miss thing. I'm going to trade you $1 of a food stamp for $2 cash. Right. See what I'm saying? So no, excuse me, $1 cash for $2 food stamp. So you know, she was getting a better deal, but I got, I got cash, right? right. We yeah. just had, however it was, you get what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, that was, my brain is fuzzy. So I, she kind of got the better deal out of the deal, but I got more, I got more value. Oh yeah. She traded her food stamps to me for a dollar mm. cash. I was getting yeah. the, the better value, but she had cash <laughs> now to go buy some liquor. That's how it was. Gotcha. Okay. And it was always a woman. I was always finding a chick. So now I've got like all these food stamps, right? And then I've got the two for one coupons. I can go in and I'm making like four times, you know, I'm, I'm making, that's a lot of, 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 of yeah. return on investment. Now I've got Twinkies, Ho-Hos, those <laughs> snowballs, all this stuff. And I'd, I'd put them in a bag, a garbage bag, and I'd tie it underneath my uniform skirt because it's Catholic <laughs> school. So I'm knocking, you know, some biscuits in between my legs <laughs> and I'm going down and, and I got this stuff under my skirt. I've done this for years, even now, like opening for Marilyn Manson, I've stole his shit and tucked it down my skirt. <laughs> That's another story. That's another story. So I go and then under the table, I, I am wheeling and dealing, you know, I'm like, all right, you give me, you know, you give me a, a dollar and I'm going to give you a, a package of, well, I, it's costing me like a quarter, bro, you know? So I'm making like 75 cents on the deal. So I would come home every day with like 30 to $50, that's a lot for like a fourth grade kid, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, at the end of the week, 
at the end of the week, it was some money and I could use that to buy instruments later on, photography gear. It was always a hustle like that until I got my ass dragged into the principal's office and they were, they, they, it was like they needed to discipline me and, and suspend me. But like, yeah. on the other hand, like that's pretty good entrepreneurial skill, skills. Too. <laughs> yeah. They appreciate your hustle, man. Go yeah. for liquor, man. You can always find someone that needs some liquor. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you're talking about your dad's costumes, which made me think, man, that's one thing that I dig too about your band. And you, first of all, I'll just tell you, I'm a mark for metal bands that have a chick singer. I am Aww. a huge I, I love it. I, th- I love that sound of that. Like, it's like the testosterone in the background with the female over time. Wow. A lot of people this. don't like that. A lot of people the like it or you don't. Either like yeah. it or you don't. Yeah, it's yeah. Beauty and the Beast, right? Oh, yeah. But your, your outfits, man, you've got some Mad Max, you know, fucking, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels entrance WrestleMania <laughs> ring. You know what I mean? Or did you uh, wear on stage? Not the ring, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, I make most of it, too. I make the guys, too, and I made a lot of the guys ring jackets and and TNA and some WWE. Like, people don't know that. I loved it. Too time-consuming now to do and to be able to charge what I need to charge, but I I loved that. Um, I made a lot of stuff for the naturals. You know, they came over to Goldie's Hole. That's what it was called. It was this nasty, water-infested uh, room <laughs> under the rental office of the apartment complex I lived in in Nashville. They let me uh, have this ho- literally a hole underneath there with mold and all this shit. I cleaned it out, uh, made it shiny, put up my backdrop, and then I had my sewing machines in there. Kind of like that one guy that would work doing gimmicks at backstage at TNA who now works for NWA. What's his name? What's Rick. his name? Rick, yep, yep, yep. So it's set up just like that. The naturals came, and I just kind of put some cloth on them and cut stuff up, and then they'd come back in a couple weeks or something, and I'd tweak it, and then they were good. Um, I did some for Chris Harris. I did some for Cowboy James Storm, um, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. Like, really, really, really cool cool stuff. And so, you know, I, I wish I could just sew full-time for our band. We try to, like – get some stuff, sew some stuff, uh, tweak and modify some stuff. But at the end of the day, guys, you know, the thing I love about wrestling is, is people like to be over the top and bigger than life and play characters. And, and I love Keith Urban and I love some of these country singers, but it just looks like they rolled out of bed and it works for them. And I get it. That's their audience. But the audience that I like, to have, you know, you reap what you sow is the same sports entertainment audience where they just want to, they want fantasy. They want cosplay. They want to be, they want to escape. Absolutely. You know, you know? You know that's one thing. And, and you might can relate to this a little bit. Um, like before I was introduced to pro wrestling, I was just, I was into kiss. I loved kiss. Oh, my hell mom, yeah. My mom took me to see him in Chicago when I was like five years old for the first time. And I've seen him a bazillion times since and everything. But <laughs> then I was introduced to pro wrestling and it was almost like this perfect mixture of comic books and music. You know what I'm saying? And, exactly. And, yeah. That really drew me to wrestling even more. But yeah, huge Kiss fan. I'll still say, I don't care what people say about some of their music, especially the more recent stuff, but I love the 70s stuff. And they were pioneers. I don't care what nobody Absolutely says. pioneers. But there's so many rip-offs of them, it ain't funny. But uh, yeah, they were totally. pioneers, man. And that early music was good. But the stage show is incredible. I mean, oh, yeah, that's 
second yeah. to none. That's what you pattern yourself after. And I mean, Wolfie, you always had great gimmicks. You always had a uh, great character, great, uh, really, I mean, you scared the shit out of me, man. You're scared the shit. I was afraid. I was afraid of you. I, I told Jimmy that story before. You got to tell it from your perspective. Oh man, I'm I, you, and then James, Father James Mitchell, who I, you know, thank God I reconnected with him, and he's got a kid now. He's softening up a little bit, but I mean, I yeah. thought you guys were just back there, you know, performing like Illuminati rituals and like <laughs> waiting to sacrifice the young children and the marks and the and the crowd. Like I, I, I. I mean, I really believed that you all were up to some really bad stuff, and I, I, I stayed, I stayed, keep my distance from y'all, cause, it, cause you, you scared me. And then that malice guy scared me. He, he actually, yeah. uh, kind of became a, a buddy for a while and was helping me with some things. And then God rest his soul, that didn't work yeah. out so good. So, um, crowbar, I reconnected with. He terrified me, and he's like the nicest guy ever. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I was legit like spooked i thought you guys were up to like really bad shit and i'm like oh i'm staying away from that dark energy yeah i don't know i had no idea you could have used your moon shadow powers on us yeah, right. yeah. put Talk it down yeah. dead put us right down that'd have been a good angle goldie versus the new church and she has to use her powers yeah. that anyway. would have been a great, <laughs> no, he great idea so funny Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Jimmy, go ahead and you want to get some wrestling stuff in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. So I'm going to double back to music before we hang up, though. But, but I'm going to get to wrestling. This is what everybody came for. So one of the famous clips of early TNA, you had Dusty Rhodes there. And there's a clip where he says, you know, this show has this, this show has this. And we have a midget, a beaten off in a trash can. And Dusty kind of goes on to repeat that a few times. Well, if you cut back to you, you're actually interviewing a midget in a trash can. As you can see, he's a little busy right now. Excuse me, excuse me. Hi, puppet. It's, it's Goldilocks. Yeah. Um, could we get that interview we were talking about, please? Can't a midget just get a little privacy around here? <laughs> what exactly are you doing in there, puppet? What do you mean? What am I doing? Yeah. What, what do you think I'm spanking my monkey? Hey, little girl, how would you like to have a little porridge? <laughs> I'm, what do you mean? What am I doing? I'm I'm meditating in here. I'm putting my game face on. You know, I have a a little problem that I'm uh, suffering from. We call it PMS. PMS. <laughs> yeah, PMS. Pissed midget 
syndrome. And it's not a little thing that uh, Summer Breeze uh, could take care of. <laughs> you know, the only thing that cures my problem is beating Midget's ass. Oh, yeah, beat the Midget's ass. Oh, okay, <laughs> well, he must be referring to your match tonight with uh, Meatball, the world's largest midget, right? The world's largest midget? I mean, you're either a midget or a Macaulay Coughlin. Oh, I got plans for this meatball character. Oh, yeah. See these six-inch pythons? I'm gonna wrap my python right around his neck like a spaghetti noodle around a fork. <laughs> <laughs> a python? Right, oh, yeah. and, uh, Later, you know, if you're a good little girl, <laughs> I'll show you my cobra. Oh, yeah! <laughs> God, don't you mean garden snake? Jeez. Midget beating off in a trash can at 8 p.m. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, how about a midget beating off in a trash can? The choice is yours. Make yourself something. Want to be world's heavyweight wrestling champion? Not that midget beaten off in a trash can. It says pro wrestling on the marquee. It does not say a midget a beaten off in the trash. Talk about, I guess, one thing working maybe with, you know, legends like Dusty Rhodes, you know, that kind of thing, but also maybe partially who you kind of had that very original interview style, but was there any influences to your interview style, you know, from other interviewers? Wait, that's a really great question. I have never been asked that before on any podcast. So been through so clap for you. Thank okay. You. So puppet in the trash can flying so badly by the seat of my pants, not knowing what was going on. Kurt Hennig constantly playing ribs on me and hiding my clothes or duct taping my suitcase to a chair or me panicking because that shit was live back then. That was live TV. I had yeah. no idea what was going on. I did not even know that puppet was beaten off in a, in a trash can. <laughs> I was just reacting to being annoyed by not knowing what was going on. My brain did not comprehend that he was jerking off. I didn't get it until later, and then I'm like, oh my God. So, uh -huh. to be perfectly honest with you, I had no idea what was what was going on. Um, okay. The next, part of your, the next part of your question was interview style. I was, I had my head up my ass so badly back then I was flying from Beverly Hills to from LAX to um, to BNA Nashville, barely on a prayer, barely making it, barely getting there on time. I just when you're that young, you're just focused on dumb shit. What guy am I dating? Where is he at? Who's he hooking up with? Blah, right. blah, blah. Fill in the blanks. And you're so stressed that you can barely just get there. And I'm yeah. not even preparing anything. I didn't watch any other interview styles until later when it was too late and I got my ass fired and I was finally getting the memo. My interviewing style came from legit shoot, not knowing what was going on, being irritated, can't even believe that these guys are just saying all this dumb shit. What is this going <laughs> so on? Original. Yeah. Can we get done with this and get back to like craft services and the catering? Like I was so fucked up back then that it's just really. And you know what? They just saw that working and it did and it did work. And you know how I know that it worked. You can be people that hated on me back then or whatever. I know that it worked because, and I'm going to plug it right now because I've got a Patreon and I've got a podcast on Russo's brand and people 20 years later come back and say, 
more so I liked it. It was fresh. It was original. There's nothing yeah. fresh and original. I was just being myself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I was just That's like awesome. the dups. They were just, I got some juju bees for you here. And he's sticking his <laughs> schwanker out at me. And I'm like, get, get out of here with your juju bees. Like, that's like legit. Like, you know what I mean? And he's always like putting his arm around me on my, I'm touching Goldie's breast. And I was like, get your hands off my breast. Like, yeah, yeah, you know who yeah. calls it a breast, but right, right. TV. yeah, that was all like really real stuff. So go back and watch that stuff and know, like, I'm just. A fish out of water, not knowing yeah. what's going on. I didn't know what was going on. That's awesome. But you know this now that that's what makes a good interviewer, commentator, however you want to put it, because you have to have a, a commentator, just like a referee in the ring, but a commentator on the floor can make or break that interview, especially someone like the old school guys, Lance Russell, all of them. They'd make you feel it in your heart. They did their part just like the wrestler did to make you feel it. So yeah. that's I that's, didn't know that. I wish I, I started to figure it out later with the help of, as you asked, like Dusty Rhodes was just so all about the product. He was all about the game. He was all about the show. He did what was right for the show. Now, whether or not he had his own agenda in the back of his mind or forefront for that matter, I don't know. I, I find out later on, like this person had this agenda and this person had this. I don't, I don't yeah. care. Just make a good show. I don't care what your agenda is. If your agenda is you want to hook up with somebody at the end of the night or or you want to steal from the, I don't care. Whatever your agenda is, as long as it makes an entertaining show that gets yeah. ratings and that people yeah. continue to watch and support so that I get paid and have a job, I don't care. Yeah, right. yeah. Let me ask you this. So after uh, after I had left in, I think, around 2004, uh, I, I don't think you had gotten in the ring before I ever left because I don't remember that if you did. No, I did after. They, when did they uh, – okay, so after – so. Who and let me ask you how that came about. Like, did you, did they put you in the ring for a couple of months, or was it like, hey, right before the show, you're gonna do this? Or I mean, oh, did you have how, to do what, do you, or what do you need to ask? I mean, do you really need to ask? It was like, oh, good morning. Oh, you're gonna do this, and I'm like, what? Hold you know, on. and then they had all the scheming and stuff going on. And Vince had all the scheming going on where he was like literally feeding Georgie Watts bad shit so that there would be so much natural, legitimate heat. I mm -hmm. was I was afraid that she was going to kill me in the ring. She thought I was having an affair with her husband, full-heartedly, uh -huh. which is the furthest thing from the truth. Trust me. Wink, <laughs> wink. We don't need to talk about it on the air. I got my own problems in other other households like but Eric Watts was not was not one person that I was you know messing around with and I keep right. all the rest of that shit private so don't even ask but sure, sure. Um, but Eric Watts was not was not on my radar but she thought that he was and I legitimately was afraid that she was going to come to the ring with a knife or something and stab my ass in the neck or take me out like I was very very <laughs> afraid and that would be nothing that I could do about it um uh -huh. They did say you're going to be taking a black hole slam from abyss. And I said, what's that? And I saw one and I'm like, uh, I have a degenerative disc disease and we're opening for three doors down Nickelback and puddle of mud in two weeks. And I would really like to keep that spot. I think that I'll be paralyzed if I take that bump. I, I and, and so, you know, I kept asking and like, he's like, oh, it's no big deal. You just be limp. You know, I'm like, OK, well, I've never taken a bump before. Like, I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a wrestler. I don't know what to expect. I went to Terry Taylor. I said, Terry, I'm going to take this bump. Is there anything else that we could do kind of like it that maybe somebody with no wrestling experience would would better off fair? You know, like I'd have yeah. a better result. And, you know, he did help me modify that move a little bit so that 
it was uh, doable, but but somehow, somehow, I guess Abyss, which, you know, water under the bridge, it was years ago, <laughs> went back to management, went back to the office and said, mm-hmm. you know, Goldie's threatening to sue the company if the bump goes wrong. I'm like, you know what, bro, I would have sued the company years ago with massive sexual harassment proof that I had from outside financial backing sources and everybody that's in Jerry Jarrett's book. It's documented. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't know. But, Bernard, but right. yeah, I, I was never going to sue the company, but that got back to the office and, and I got, I got fired for that, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I've got a bit story of my own that I'm going to leave in my head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want anybody showing him up. You know how insecure that guy was. I don't know if he still is, but always worried about, are they still going to use me? Does the office like me? You know, he was, he was always so worried about, you know, very insecure. <laughs> that's dude, that's so talented. So talented, such a big man, but just, oh, oh, you know. Really <laughs> 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 hilarious. <laughs> so was there any talks with any other companies after TNA? I I'd heard, I thought I heard some rumors swirling a little bit about no. possibility WWE tryout no, or something. No, I would have loved it, and it's no, it's no rumor now. Like, I would love to get back into professional wrestling and come back and do what – I didn't get the chance to do like, I yeah. just would love, I would love a shot so much. I'm so seasoned now and I have such a great, um, support base that, you know, I just, I want to come back and just mess it up. Like yeah. I want to come back and do what I didn't get a chance to do now that I know not wrestle. Uh, yeah. I'll take a couple bumps here and there, not wrestle, but, but really come back with some psychology and history and, and breathe some life into sports entertainment where I can see there are some holes, you know, now that I understand it, the, uh, so many people, they just want to be pretty and mm. they want to be over and there needs to be glue that just flows in the crevices and tightens things up and makes it strong. And that glue, it cracks and it's, it gets brittle and it, it, it turns color and it's not pleasant smelling and looking sometimes. And I want to be that person. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Makes that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. fill in some cracks and tell some stories by being evil. Well, there, there, the cracks are there. You could easily fill those in. And I mean, there's, I, I can't lie. There's way, way, way fewer qualified people doing it that you could easily skip them. So, well, you know. I would never want to skip out on anybody, but I'd like to come in and tell some backstory and, and just not worry about what everybody thinks about me online or on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever. Sure. Like I, yeah. I want to, I want to tell a fucking story. Yeah, well, you said that better than how I meant that, but you you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't I don't want to go away far from wrestling, but I have to talk. So I moved to Nashville in, in a band, and then I got into wrestling and met Wolfie D. So okay. obviously we have some musical ties there. So Woo. now I I'm a bass player. That's why I made the bad bass oh, player shit. Ch- child <laughs> child joke. <laughs> so uh, first off, your voice is so powerful. So I want to give you some influences that I hear. Now I'm not saying they're your influences. Okay. I'm just saying the powerful voice of like Ann Wilson is is massive there. There's Janis Joplin, of course. Okay. 
All right. I hear that. Yeah. There's Linda Perry, who had oh, a powerful oh. voice. And then have you ever heard of Sass Jordan? Oh, I, I know of Sass Jordan. I've met her. She was, I think, on a, a, Arista, and I used to drive ride my bike over. To the, so I, I, I know to that label. I know I Sass Jordan. Yeah, anyway, yeah. Yes. I'm not going to try to sing for a professional, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, I hear, and, and no, not that you're taking their voice. No, it's, I it's know what you're saying. It's in your natural voice, and it's so powerful. And tell me about your childhood music musical influences like what led your developing that powerful voice other than natural genetics the one oh you're sweet the ones that you're saying are definitely on point i won't touch an ann wilson song i would never sing a heart song i won't cover it just because that's sacred ground to me and like her voice is just a freak of nature somebody that has not an exact but a very similar voice to ann wilson is lizzie hale from hailstorm same kind of just can just tear it up and still talk at the end of the night where i have difficulty because i have a damaged voice and i do have Issues after years and years and years of touring, it's it's taken its wear and tear like Wolfie D in your body. You know, it just right. kind of gives out a little bit. Doesn't mean that we still can't do a great job, but I have a handicap, so I right. make that known. It's no secret. Right. Um, but when I grew up, I grew up in the hood. So, yeah. you know, I the, the people that I, the reason I have the power that I have is because the people that I wanted to be like and emulate were all in the church and they were all at the Baptist oh, yeah. church. And they there were gospel. Go. And, you know, it was your Aretha Franklin's that I listened to. And it was Eartha Kitt. And it was um, uh, a woman called Anita Baker that didn't make it until later on in life. But she had a real sweet, a soulful, sultry voice. Um, another name. days of the year. Yes. Yeah, great stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Another chick named Deatra Hicks, who nobody would ever know. But mm, she just had this just like powerful. And it's not the thing like now on all of the shows, the boys, American Idol, America's Got ta- Talent. It's all this just like. And that's cool. That's what it is. But that ain't how I'm singing. Like, I didn't grow up like that. I grew up with like the power ballads and you know like uh survivor you remember survivor like oh singer, great. like jamie yeah. Jamie. uh yeah. j- just like that the power like i uh my favorite all-time singer is 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 steve perry like what the fuck oh, like, yeah, totally. you know yeah like, i can that hear that would make yeah. a straight man come in his pants yeah yeah <laughs> it's so good absolutely <laughs> so good his voice there's another yeah. guy benny mardonis he kind of sang into the night he had a couple of hits yeah, yeah. big mm. big power meatloaf like just oh like just yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The chills that you would get because you can be good and you can know your craft but like eh, you, you can't fake power right just you know just right, right and i i loved the power behind those vocals and Drew from a lot of males. Yeah. Okay. A lot of men. So, you know, the one thing that I enjoyed about the cheapskate show too, is how it showed how you would literally play anywhere. And what I love about that is your rehearsal space was outside. And that's a dual threat right there because you're not only practicing and rehearsing, but you're also showcasing in a sense too, because you never know who's going to drive by and hear this amazing band kicking ass. You know what I mean? It was a great idea. Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. So do you still do stuff like that? I know you have your own space there, but do you ever just go out and play on the curb? Um, the closest thing that we ever did was a show that we just did at a gas station in in Jolton, Tennessee, that our drummer knows the owner and they had an outdoor like area. And we just decided to bring an entire huge stage set up like Kiss Stadium style outside. Yeah. And but it was like 15 degrees out so we did have some people show up but it was pretty damn cold but we did that just to like um ring out the gear just yeah. to see what it sounded like and uh 
we have a big open place. And then we thought it's, it's on the side of this big, really nice fuel station, fuel stop on the interstate. Yeah. And uh, that that's the closest thing that we've done to that so far. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, we're still talking music. I've got to stay there, Wolfie D. You got to pause right. for Man, so your musical influence was you've spoken about, but talk about, I mean, I've read your list of people you've played with, and it's like the Mount Rushmore of music. You know Aww. what I'm saying? Yeah, I so, do. Talk about maybe some of your favorite experiences that you've had. Well, you know, sometimes you open for really great people and they're not quite what you thought they would be. Don't meet um, your heroes, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, don't yeah. meet your hero. But I will say I'm trying to like let me find some positive things to say. Okay, I'll tell a positive story because because a lot of them aren't. Um, I remember <laughs> one, one time we were at Biloxi, Mississippi in the huge auditorium that they have, the National Room, doing our thing. And it was the glory days. And, man, you got paid a lot of money and thousands of people showed up and it was a good night. And I was... I was kind of untouchable then where I could do what I wanted to do and say what I wanted to say. And I ran my mouth and I was on wrestling at the time. And there was a lot of power there. Uh, yeah. Later on, when you're not on wrestling and when shit kind of hits the fan and the climate changes, then anything you say can be used against you. And it usually is. So at this point in time, I was loved and feared and I could go off on people and do whatever I wanted to do before I literally fell from grace there. So picture bigger than life on stage doing your thing on it. It's a thousand percent Wolfie D. You, you're on it. It's a good night. And we took a break and this man approached me and he just kept shaking his head and he's like, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you that I have spent my life doing what you are doing. And I have been in dives and in piano bars with two people there and you are playing for a stadium right now. Now there was like 4,000 people there, but he's like, you're playing for like stadium level. I know yeah. what you're doing. I, I know who you are. I see you. And he just kept going through and giving me all these compliments. And he's like, I wish I had more money. My friend drinks a lot and I don't have more than this, but this is what I have cash. And he just handed a palm up upward fist of money into my hand. And I just put it in my pocket. I didn't look at it and think twice. He's like, I wish I had more. You're worth like a thousand times more what I have, but just take this and know that I, I just appreciate what you're doing. And I, and I recognize it. He goes, Oh, my friend's getting into trouble. I can just see him back there. And I was like, kind of looking through the crowd. It had kind of split. And in the back was just a silhouette of this man by the bar. And I just remember seeing a man, a thin man with like a top hat on and kind of big curly long hair. And I'm like, Oh my fucking God, it's slash, you know? Yeah. So he was with Slash, and Slash was getting out of hand, and he had to go take care of his buddy. But they were in Biloxi and stopped in at the Hard Rock. And that was Gavin DeGraw, who wow. gave, me, gave me, like, the kindest words anyone has ever given me. And when I went back to the uh, backstage, it was $637 that he gave me, which is a pretty nice tip, okay? For you sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> but that was so positive, and I just... I didn't tell my bandmates like this guy tipped me. I remember splitting it up with them and they didn't know where it came from. And yeah. I didn't tell them like this guy just gave me and put me over so hardcore, like understanding how to front, you know, Wolfie, there's a ton yeah. of, there's a ton of chicks out there and bitches that sing and everybody's got a voice and eh, frickity doodah, but like entertainment, <laughs> entertainment yeah. and what we do in wrestling is a different gift. Oh. It is a different beast. Control yeah. the crowd. Be the composer, 
Tell them when to stand up. Tell them when to sit down. Tell them when to laugh. Tell them when to cry. That's the whole deal. It's not like that in music anymore, you guys, unless you're talking about the kisses and you're, you know, uh, what is Maynard James Keenan playing? Tool. Tool. You know, like, you know, and and Rolling Stones and like, there aren't a lot of conductors anymore. It's just a shit show of I want to look good on TikTok and Instagram. It's the same thing with sports entertainment. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. 100%. Then that's what and those 360 <laughs> deals are crazy. <laughs> anyway, it's a it's entertainment. It's just a, it, like you say, it just is a different beast now with the you know the globalization of it and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't like know. it. It's <laughs> missing. It's missing. It's missing the shine that it used to have. And I there's still people there, out there doing it. And dude, yeah. I I could tell you this. I know me and Jimmy have said this, or I've said it with somebody else on here. I think, but. I always say this, and this goes to the wrestling business and the music business and Hollywood in general. There's no more superstars left, and there ain't going to be none. There will never be another Elvis, another Dolly Parton, uh, another Michael Jack. The people that you – like, how does Dolly still do it to this day where you don't ever see some jacked-up picture of her on uh, – You won't see any. <laughs> You'll see one picture of her without her makeup, and it's not real. It's not really Dolly yeah, but- without her makeup. It's That's it. There's nothing out there. She lives her life kayfabe. Her husband, yeah. Carl, is not in anything at all. And I'd yeah. say the closest superstar we had was – was Lady Gaga in the beginning, but now look at her. She's had so much plastic surgery. God love, love her. That's yep. fine. She doesn't even yeah. look like that same broad anymore. She just dresses right. in the most elite Versace's and, you right. know, Dolce and Cabana. And she's just like an elitist now. And that's great. But what made her great in the beginning was wearing a meat suit or wearing yeah. some crazy <laughs> ass Elton John shit, you know? Yeah, and definitely. And now she's just tired of that. And I get it. We all evolve. And she's a beautiful yeah. person and, and does a lot of great things. But I, I miss the superstar power of her just being original and just yeah, yeah. i mean a meat suit man she wore a freaking meat suit you know yeah totally. yeah that is fine you gotta play the game and hey i'm calling an audible right now because jimmy knows this like and then the people that listen know this you know we sit there and talk for a while and and i get hungry sometimes all right so <laughs> would you be able to participate in a game with me, Jimmy, against Goldie? Would this be a game we could play real quick? Absolutely. All right. So this game is called What Cereal Is Wolfie Eating? <laughs> oh, shit. Because I've been known to eat cereal on here before, too. So I'm, well, here's what you can do. Obviously, you can't ask me what the name of it is. You can't ask me what the flavor <laughs> is. You can ask me about the box. The what the cereal looks like and all that kind of stuff, but you cannot ask me what it tastes like, obviously, and with a name. So I'm going to <laughs> shake the box. Can you shake it? Shake it. Shake it like a salt shaker. <laughs> the bag popped out of the bottom, but I've already got my bowl. All right. So grab my milk. I want to hear you shake the box, bitch. Okay. <laughs> Give me one second here. God. Pour in the milk. Pour in the milk. Very important part of this. And now... It's it's ASMR is what he's getting us into here. Cornflakes. Nope. Okay. Your turn. And then here's how you you can ask questions. And then if you have an answer after I give you the answer of your question... If you have a solution, I'm so just I'm, gonna go for it because I've heard you eat it on the fl- on the yeah, get it, Cookie Crisp. Eh. Oh man, okay, that was a eat yeah. some, eat it. I want to hear it. 
Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Nope. You guys got to ask questions. Okay, so does it have a fruit in it? It does not have a fruit in it. Does it have a a cartoon character on the box? Yes. Okay. Is is the box blue? Um, The box has blue on it. Okay. She already asked Captain Crunch, right? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, this is great. Oh, man. (laughs) Only what you got. You yeah, said it's not yeah. it's not frosted flakes. You said that it's not frost. Is it yeah. is it um fruity pebbles? Nope. Go guess yours and then I'm gonna guess Rice Krispies. No. Lucky Charms. This is harder than I thought you guys were gonna make this. I would keep asking questions about the box or maybe what the shit looks like. Fruit loops. <laughs> is it fruit loops? No. Okay, what what does it look like? <laughs> As in what color, what shape? No, what? You, you can't ask that. You have to ask. It's too generic, like yeah. You have yeah, to okay. Ask. So so is it is it a circle? Is it a circle? It is not a circle. Okay. Is it, a, is it a loop? Is it like a... It's not a loop. It's okay. Not. Is it multicolored? No. All right. Is it Honey Smacks? Nope. I'm going <laughs> to give you that. I'm going to give you my first hint. Okay, thank you. The title... There's three words. Kicks. No. <laughs> three. Three. <laughs> oh, three <laughs> words. Not three letters. Cinnamon so it's Toast not- Crunch. What? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Ding, 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 Boom. ding, ding. I-, I was hoping you were going to get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Good job. All, All right. right. Yeah, whatever. Insert uh, applause. It's a big prize for me. <laughs> okay, you guys, um, I am actually, I'm headed down to a big studio in Nashville right now uh, because my, my shoot job is I'm a photographer at the factory by Goldilocks. Awesome. Factory photography. So yeah, I got to go down there. Um, and I just want to tell everybody, uh, thank you for listening to this. Make sure that you you keep uh, Wolfie and Jimmy in, in your mix and you, you tell people about it and share posts so that they keep their brand going. And if you wouldn't mind giving me a follow on Twitter and Instagram, it's just at G-O-L-D-Y, Goldilocks Rocks. And that those are the best places. Facebook's getting to be a little creepy, but if you want to find me there, cool. And you know what? If you're looking for dating advice, or some sexy PG-13 rated only. Sorry, no nudes, not into that um, stuff. I, I've got a pretty cool Patreon, and there's some really funny shit on there. And we do chats every week, and I love connecting with people there. And it's, like, cheap. It's, like, three bucks. That's um, awesome. Connect with us there. And then I'm on Russo's brand also. If uh, you get a chance to just see some stuff on Instagram or Twitter, you know, give it a retweet or uh, a comment or a like or a follow. And, and that's it. I would really appreciate it. That's That's the gimmick. That's awesome. Thank what you so much. Great job that you two have done. What Fantastic job. It's been fun, man. Real fun. Really great. Uh, Please have me on again sometime. It was just a blast. We'd love hey, to. Yeah. Lord. All right, Goldie. Thank you. We'll You're do. awesome. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks, Goldie. And coming up next, we got my favorite part of the show. <laughs> no, it might it might be my old favorite because eating cereal is pretty cool. But uh, <laughs> next is uh, Current Affairs. DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair It's a current affair Loving in color It's a current affair Loving in color All 
right, we are back with Current Affairs. And yes, we did introduce a brand new game for the show. Make sure you rate and review and leave a comment about Wolfie's show. I mean, what cereal should he eat in the future? What do you recommend for these this Wolfie eating cereal game? I don't, we'll figure out a better name for that, but yeah. yeah. What cereal is Wolfie D eating? Keep it yeah, I mean, that, that, that Why make it <laughs> difficult, right? <laughs> okay, well, that's currently happening. Wolfie D's eating some cereal, but mm-hmm. currently in the world of wrestling, some interesting stuff. And so I'm going to kind of build it up here as we do. We're building a card. So the, the first and most one of the more recent deals is Braun Strowman, of course, is back in WWE. And right now they're saying that he's kind of getting a bad reputation in the back, right? Now he was in his first run. He gets let go because of budget cuts or Vince paying a girl or whatever, but whatever has caused him to lose his job. Now he's back. Triple H is in control and he's brought Braun in again and he's getting a bad reputation. Basically he's the guy that's arriving late and leaving early kind of guy. And he's kind of getting an ego too. And of course, nobody looks like him on that roster. And it seems like almost like something somebody would do that's a 30-year vet or a 20-year vet. Right. You know what I'm saying? Not somebody that's a five-year vet or whatever. Right. You know? yeah. um, it just goes back to just kind of how the business is now, man. And and maybe that's a sign if he's getting heat for it. Maybe that's a sign that Hunter's trying to change the culture, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which would be a great thing, I think, for the business. I mean, you just saw – I might be spoiling one of yours by saying that. I better stop there. <laughs> no, I mean, if you if you want to, we can talk about it. But, you know, I tell you what, why don't you bring up a current affair then if you want to go into it, brother? Go ahead. Well, I'll just finish saying what I was saying. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe he's changing the culture, uh, which would be a good thing. I mean, I think we've all seen, you know, what uh, Regal had to say as far as AEW's problem being their immaturity. And that's something that we've been saying. Uh, on here and uh, most of the people that we talk to and whatnot and opinions that you see is kind of leading towards that. And, you know, I I also think about, you know, I read these stories of the fights and and I've been around that stuff and man, there's a reason they call us the boys Mm -hmm. because like a bunch of fucking boys, frat boys or some shit, man. Right. And I know that's changed uh, and toned down to an extent. But still, the boys are going to be the boys. Boys are going to fuck shit up. That's another saying. Boys always going to fuck shit up. Yeah. Don't get don't tell none of the boys about what, what that room rate you got over there. They'll fuck it up. Yeah. You know? so yeah. It, yeah. It's just a thing, man. Have you ever even had to be don't tell the tag team partner? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's it's like, man. I'm just kidding, by you, the way. You've got to you gotta you gotta make them abide by some authority. I mean right. right. and and unfortunately, again, that's just the culture right now. The kids don't want to listen, man. We know that. And I hate to sound like the old man that I thought I'd never say stuff like that. But, man, it's the truth. Things have changed so much where there's no respect for anybody or anything or any property or authority or, you know, none of that shit. Man. Yeah. Yeah. No, everybody's it's true. Yeah. Everybody's entitled. Everybody, you know, can yeah, do what I they mean- And I'm sure that there's some protest or some law against anything. If anybody yeah. does. 
whatever. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're exactly right. I mean, I feel like parents are super indulgent to their kids now. I'm guilty of it. I'm not going to act like I'm not. But what I mean by that is it almost is like trickling down from society into wrestling in the back. But it's natural. It's how they were raised. If you got, you you know, like the guys that you were the old timers for you, those guys were World War II veterans kids. Right, or right. even some of them were probably World War II veterans. You know what I'm saying? Or yeah. Vietnam veterans or whatever. And then they're coming into wrestling in a totally different mindset. And then that that's the baby boomer generation that you worked with that were the old timers, you know? And then you and I are Generation X, and we are a different generation. We were like one of the first generations that both parents worked and we were at home by ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, things like that. So anyway, it, it is showing that I, I, I do think Braun is a, is a generational talent. I think he's very, he could be one of the all time greats as far as big men. If he really focused in and became a little more mature. And, and I don't want to say that, you know, not knowing the man, but speaking of, you know, that maturity level, Obviously, you brought it up earlier, but William Regal has left AEW, and all signs are showing that he's going right back to WWE. And, and what's so funny about that is he was there nine months. Have you ever signed a nine-month contract, Wolfie D? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> exactly. So something must have been in there that was an out or mm. It was like a per show deal and he was just there until he, you know, but that's the other thing, man. Tony Khan, it shows how he's out of his depth because mm -hmm. he let somebody like that go. That's the kind of guy you try to tie down and keep in your back and you want to keep him happy because that's the kind of guy that can really lead your, your dudes, you know, and yeah. And teach them some stuff. But, and, and who knows? Like the thing is, you know, Tony Khan wants to, like they said, hang with the cool kids. Right. And wants to buddy up with the with the ones that you know he likes or whatever and you know i like i don't know i've only met braun once at uh, a convention gimmick seemed yeah. like no guy but I, like i can't judge but you know if these guys can go over there like him say uh, i'll sign six months you know knowing that he don't want to get locked down for pretty much probably whatever he asked for who knows i don't know and then sure. and then if you say hold on to him but if he don't want to fucking be there you know it's a great point yeah he ain't gonna work hard for you and he's gonna make life uh, life harder for you probably but like i said i, I don't that's just a, a scenario i don't know yeah yeah well you know it, it, braun and william regal are both opposite ends of the spectrum but they're kind of like showing a little bit of like i'm getting out of here because of this and then i'm being this because we're this you know it's it's an interesting perspective on both of them but braun to me 100 percent is one of those guys like a sid like a you know bam bam bigelow like a one-man gang you draw a pro wrestler and that's kind of what you get but william regal however from what i've heard is one of the most intelligent wrestling you know as far as wrestling writers i guess mm -hmm. or or bookers or matchmakers he's one of the more intelligent ones working today but anyway that being said you know we wish the best for both of them. Braun, <laughs> get it in shape, man. And William, you'll probably be happier in WWE. Okay, so probably the biggest current affair, and it may change by the time that this show drops. This is pre-recorded. You know, Barry Windham, you know, was in the yeah. air, airport, had a massive heart attack, and now he is in ICU. Wow. Now, when I mean things change, I obviously hope that it's for the better, you know, and he comes out of this, you know, we talked a little bit about him on the previous week's show, the top 10 underrated. He wasn't on the show, but he's one of the most underrated for sure. Yeah. But yeah, Barry's so great. Talk about him a little bit. 
Ah, I mean, Barry Windham, what a absolute great worker. Uh, was uh, around him in WWF. Super nice guy. But just, yeah, as far as the heart attack, obviously I can relate, man. And uh, I don't know, um, you know, what the situation was, whether he felt it coming on. But to be an ICU, I'd say he probably dropped like I did, but way worse than I did. And, right. man, that's been fucking believed because I know what that shit felt like and, and how I'd, how scared I was, but yeah, man, I hope he pulls through. Yeah, no kidding. And I think the whole country is is pulling through. He's got such a rich legacy, but you know, he's one of those guys I've heard stories about that. I heard a guy telling a story about it. I can't remember who it was, but he said that all of a sudden he saw a young Barry Windham run in the room. Maybe it was Ric Flair, but Mm -hmm. run in the room and hide. And then all of a sudden, Blackjack Mulligan comes in, knocks on the door and says, you seen Barry? And he had like a 357 in his hand, like a pistol. Dude, mm-hmm. running after you know, and we could talk for days about father son relationships in pro wrestling. We know, yeah, <laughs> we know. yeah. it's the weirdest ever. You know, there, there's not a lot of uh, how you say normal father son yeah. relationships in pro wrestling, but. Can you imagine <laughs> somebody? I mean, it, to me, you know, Barry, what could he have done? <laughs> yeah. Besides yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tonga, you know, that family is is so much into wrestling too. You know, of course, think it's similar to how Bobby Eaton married into the Dundees. I know that the Rotundas married into the Wyndham's and the Wyndham's and the Rotundas are all, you know, related and, and Bray Wyatt's real name is Wyndham Rotunda. I mean, it's right. it's a crazy, crazy yeah. concoction of family members there, but it's just another example of multi layered families that, you know, have been so important to the wrestling business you know yeah when you got family in high places in the wrestling business you're good to go and i do think they've got a gofundme for it right now like i said at the time of recording they are running a gofundme so if y'all got a couple extra bucks go on over to the gofundme and spot barry some change there you know it is cool to see that whenever somebody like that happens i know it's happened for you before too wolfie d you know it seems like the community kind of comes together and hopefully supports you know and, and helps out there i know the problem is is you know this is where i feel like the argument for a union and some sort of pension should be in play for pro yeah. wrestling because yeah, it's always been in the argument but it's not that yeah, no, it's yeah, but anyway, well, that's pretty much current affairs for the day. You know, we had a great show with Goldie. I, I you know, I think no need to make it any longer than it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool, yeah, well, it's been yeah. a great show, man. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for bringing her on, dude. I appreciate that. You sent me yeah. a text and you're like, yeah, Goldilocks. I'm like, sweet. Let's do it. So, do it, do it. And hey, let's do it again next week. Yeah, I think we should. We, if y'all <laughs> want us to come back, go leave five stars on your favorite podcast app and give us a review while you're at it. So, all right. Well, thank y'all so much. Take us out, right. Wolfie D. Y'all been listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. 
From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at genejacksonpod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate First of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more, is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah, and remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. I got a cat for you, don't. He got a cat for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it in color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD. And I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip-hop Been doing it like this since 92 Played low for a while and you thought I was through Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later Not here to play games, so you better beware You don't like me, so what? I really don't care Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped When I finish, I'll straight knock you out Please allow me to tell you what it's all about I'm gonna wind it up 
Then I'm driving it home. It's what we do, baby. Huh. I got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. We got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.